Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Good morning, Life in the Sun. Hey, hey, how's everybody this morning? Happy Sunday. Hey, I'd like to welcome our, our new guest today. Uh, if you don't know who I am, my name is Chris Brown, no relation. It's like I always got to give that disclaimer. It's like, who is this guy? I don't know who this other Chris Brown is. I don't own any of his albums. I have an album on my iPhone, but anyway. <laughs> but I'm just one of the leaders here at Life in the Sun. And, uh, you know, actually I was just listening to Van uh, talk about giving this morning. And it's like, wait a minute, I can just sit down and he already gave my whole message. It's like he paraphrased it in one little short two-minute gig. But that's God, right? I mean, he is so amazing. And so today's message actually is on, see if this works. (laughs) I'm not running for office, trust me. (laughs) So Today's message uh, is going to be, is, is actually a new series uh, that we're doing over the next four weeks. Uh, we just concluded the community, uh, church community series, and we're going to begin The Blessed Life. Uh, this is actually based on the message from Robert Morris of the same title. He did it about three years ago. And I know Pastor Mark uh, also talked on it uh, about the same time frame, but we just feel the need to... Uh, kind of revisit this because, uh, you know, we, we have different ideas of what it means to be blessed. And sometimes we always want to figure in the, uh, the dollar figure, right, into what it means to have a blessed life. But uh, we're here today to kind of expound on that, but also enlighten everybody that it's, it's much deeper than that. Right? It, it's, it's about knowing the love of God. It's about knowing who we are in Christ. It's the root. Amen? So let's go ahead and and pray, and we'll get started. Father, we thank you for the life that you've given to each one of us, Lord. Lord, when we came to you in faith and in hope and in trust of the provision that you have given through your son, Jesus Christ, you said that through Jesus we would have life, and that, in fact, we would have it more abundantly, that its power would be seen across all facets of our life, Uh, our family life, our personal life, our professional life, Lord God, the things that you've called us to do to serve in your kingdom. And of course, last but not least, is our finances, Lord, because we are so tied to them. Our life sometimes feel feel like uh, that's part of who we are, uh, that without them we won't survive. But the truth is, Lord, is that you will provide for us in miraculous ways. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the the series entitled The Blessed Life, there's actually a couple of verses I'm going to go over uh, and compare and contrast. They're really uh, synchronized verses between Matthew and Luke. Uh, But I first want to just kind of throw out uh, an understanding of what we're really going to be getting into. This whole series, uh, looking at it, is is based on, uh, uh, on giving. It's based on understanding you know, why we give. Uh, Pastor Morris said in, in his message, he said that we, we give 
to give. We don't give to get. If we're giving to get, then we've missed the point of why we give. See, the, the first thing that we have to uh, approach is the understanding of the purpose of giving. The purpose of giving is for us. Because we know the scriptures. The scriptures are clear. It says, for, for God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He does not need anything from us but one thing. One simple thing, and Van already covered it. Trust. He wants us to trust that he will supply all our needs through Christ Jesus. It is our relationship with him that begins the process of giving. And Cindy and I were, you know, just talking in the car this morning. And because, you know, God's been doing a deep work in our lives when it comes to giving. And uh, I'm just blown away at what God does. I mean, Van talks about miracles. You know, these moments where God just steps in and, hey, got you again. Right? It's these moments where you're like, man, I thought I, thought I had it figured out. I thought I had you understood, God. But now I, I see there's something much, much, much deeper. And it's understanding that our connection with God, that relationship that we have, that actual connection, is where the giving begins. Because we know the scriptures as well. God so loved the world that he, that he gave. See, giving is not about what you're going to lose. Giving is about what you already have been given by God. You know, I was just sitting there thinking, you know, about some things before I got up because my mind starts going before I get up here and speak, you know, and it's like all over the place. And I'm like, Lord, corral me, get me in. I know Patty's over there laughing because she does the same thing. But the beauty of, of this is that, you know, have you ever, there, there's like a couple of different concepts and we get there gradually, right, in stages to giving. <clears throat> so there's a couple of concepts I'm going to throw out there to you. The first one being, number one, you have ice cream in the freezer. We'll just say it's, it's there waiting for you. It's your favorite flavor, Rocky Road, pralines and cream. Maybe you're just a vanilla person. I don't know. I'm a vanilla person. I like to put chocolate all over it and then cherries and caramel and anyway, good stuff, right? So anyway, got that ice cream in the freezer. So there's three responses that we have to that ice cream being in the freezer. Number one, we have no idea it's there. <laughs> right? Number two, we're thanking God that it's there. Right? I know I got it, Lord. It's in the freezer. But there's the third response where God is bringing us to. Lord, thank you for this ice cream. I'm enjoying it. I'm experiencing it. It's in front of me. I got my spoon, and I'm, I'm going for it, right? So that's kind of what I want to cover today is there's really three steps to understanding where our blessing comes from. It's first knowing that it's there. We have to come to Christ and God in faith to be able to, to understand that we got a refrigerator in a house that's full of ice cream of our favorite color, I mean our favorite uh, flavor. And then we begin to understand, wait a minute, okay, I got it. It's there. I know it's there. Thank you that it's there, but we haven't accessed it yet. It's still in the freezer. 
And then the third part being, of course, that we begin to experience the blessed life. Amen? So let's go ahead and look at some scriptures. The first scripture we're going to cover is Matthew 7, verses 1 and 2. Judge not that you not be judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with, uh, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So the first question I have for you, do you see money anywhere in this verse? But oftentimes, we associate this verse with money, right? But what is it talking about? Judgment. Keep that in mind. Next slide. This is the sister verse over in Luke 6, verses 37 and 38. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put in your bosom. For with the same measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. Again, is money mentioned anywhere in these verses? No. The, the context is judgment. Judge not. But we often, again, associate this middle part of these sets of verses to giving. We often quote it. We often put it out there and say, you know, give, and it will be given to you. Good measure. But Pastor Morris brings up an interesting point here. If you give judgment, it will be given back to you, overflowing. Think about that for a moment. Now let's go back to our first understanding of what it means to be blessed. Okay? It's our connection with Christ. It's our relationship with him. It's us knowing that we are loved and cared for. Because if I don't believe I'm loved and cared for, then I'm going to hold on to everything that I have. Hold on tight. I'm going to be like, man, this paycheck, I got it, finally. And we go through the list of bills. And then we start getting nervous when those, the, the, the money runs out before the list is fulfilled, right? Been there, done that, and it hurts. But at the root of your fear or the root of your selfishness is really a lack of trust. You don't know. Let's go back to the experience thing. You haven't eaten your ice cream. You don't trust God yet. You haven't experienced him Yet, and that's okay, but that's what this message is here for. It's here to get you from A to B to C, to understand what giving is all about, what it means to have a blessed life. Pastor Morris said that it's a blessed life, not a blessed pocketbook. It's not a blessed marriage. It's not just a blessed job. God deals in packages. He gives you the whole deal, man. Nothing's missing. He doesn't say you're going to have a blessed marriage, but you're not going to have the finances to really enjoy the blessing, right? Or vice versa. He's not going to give you all this money, and then you don't have blessed relationships because the two go hand in hand. In order for us to be a blessing, we have to be blessed. We have to first receive before we give. Amen. Next slide. So we see it's a heart issue. 
Jesus said, wherever your treasure is, your heart is there also. So where is your treasure? Is your treasure in your paycheck? Is your treasure in your marriage? Is your treasure in your car? Is your treasure in your job? The greatest way and easiest way to find out where our treasure is, is what worries you the most when you don't have it. What causes that fear to rise up inside of you when you don't have it? Could be security. Could be many things. The list is, is endless, okay? But what I'm trying to help us focus in on now is that God is in the, the, the job of supplying all of your needs. Finances is just a small portion of it. But it feels like the biggest. Amen? So next slide. So the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So let's just get that out of the way right now. Nobody's heart in here ever started out perfect. <laughs> you didn't have the right heart. None of us did. Because God declared it. It's desperately wicked. Why? Next slide. Because we're selfish. When we don't understand God's provision, we rely on ourselves and we have nothing. So when we have nothing, we search for everything we have in order to fulfill and take care of our nothingness. You know, and it's directly related to the, uh, you know, whenever we preach the gospel, you hear the message, there's a God-sized hole in your heart. And only God can fill it. But sometimes we want God to throw money in that hole just to take care of our problems. Why? Because money gives us one thing that can be our greatest downfall, control. Control is based in pride. Pride will get us to a place where we want to do things in our own strength and in our own time. When we want to do it, I'll do it, that kind of thing, right? Especially when it comes to giving. You know, when God presses our heart to give to somebody, we start coming up with the excuses, right? Well, what are they going to do with my money? What did they do with their money? What happened to, to their, did they not plan? Did something go wrong? But God steps in and says, That's not, we're not here to, we just went through those scriptures. We're not here to judge. Judge not. But God said, I want you to give. And when we begin to humble ourselves and realize that ice cream's in the, in the, uh, in the freezer, we go grab it out, and, and we, you know, this is God teaching us, okay, there's a new flavor of ice cream out there, and trust me, you're going to like it. But we look at it, and we open the lid, and we look at the label, and it says, green tea? How many actually saw green tea ice cream for the first time and went, you got to be kidding me? But then you took a spoonful of it, and you went, whoa, this is actually pretty good. So I want to connect those two. <laughs> That's what giving is. It looks scary beforehand, but trust me, once you be, begin to experience it and step in it and walk in it and, and taste it, and man, it's an amazing thing because you begin to see God's provision ministering to people. You begin to see them step out and step into something brand new that they've never seen or heard or felt before. 
and they realize God is beginning to take care of all their needs. Next slide. So dealing with a selfish heart. There's a few scriptures we're just going to go through really quick. Uh, the first one's out of Deuteronomy 15, 7 and 8. It says, If there is among you a poor man of your brethren within any of the gates in your land, which the Lord your God is giving to you, you shall not harden your heart, nor shut your hand from your poor brother, but you shall open your, uh, your hand wide to him and willingly lend him sufficient for whatever he needs. See, sometimes we're already beginning to, like I said, judge the situation, judge the intent of what God is, is, is uh, wanting to do. And 90% of the time, it's going to be somebody that's going to approach you. Hey, I need help. But the thing is, we've been there, right? We've been in that moment of need where, you know, it probably took us a week and a half even to ask you. I need some help, right? And that person at that point in time does not need uh, a sermon. They don't need a judgment. They don't need our opinion. We just need to say, okay, I'll, I'll pray about it. If, if God has not given that to you instantly or beforehand or prepared you for that, then you just say, okay, uh, let's pray about it. I'll get back with you. Or if God has already given it to you in your heart to do it, then do it. But the main thing is, is don't harden your heart. Let God keep your heart malleable and, and, and soft, okay? Because money can be an area of contention. It's contentious in the world. It's contentious in our marriages. It's con contentious uh, even in church. You know, we begin to preach about, about giving, and automatically it's like, <laughs> right? And we got our wallet in our hand, and we're just going, okay, Lord, what's going on? But God is wanting us to deal with our selfish heart first. Uh, we heard it uh, a while back. I forget what, what, what message it was, but it's very, very simple. Open wallet, open heart. Closed wallet, closed heart. So that brings up the next verse. Next slide, please. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Next slide. By this we know love because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to uh, we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? So again, I'm wanting to really drive home this, this point that God's love in our heart is the beginning point of giving. Notice it doesn't say, how come you didn't do it? Right? Why didn't you give? Or how does, why does disobedience exist in your heart? No. What, what God is saying, he's not, in fact, he's not even scolding us. He's saying, if that's how you feel, that means I'm not in your heart. The love of God is something we receive, right? The love of God is not something we conjure up or we 
you know, come up with on our own. We don't just decide one day, oh, God loves me. No, we have to experience it, right? That's that first stage of salvation. That's that first part where we begin to realize, whoa, there is something powerful here. And God loves me. He's proven it to me. Amen? It's powerful. And Robert Morris, uh, he said, giving more than any other activity that a believer does works selfishness and greed out of our lives. Because a selfish heart is a fearful heart. And in fact, we've got Psalm 51. Did I put it up? I don't know. Next slide. No, but I'll read it. It says, Psalm 51, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. So God has a way to cleanse, you know, whatever we see as our uh, restriction, as our, uh, as our barrier. I remember, you know, uh, this was something that God showed to me about a, uh, about a year and a half ago uh, when it came to just my own personal life. I just remember God clearly stating one time, he says, I want you to remove every barrier between me and my people. And how many of us know when God says something, you know, we don't get it right away. <laughs> We're like, what do you mean, Lord, every barrier? And it's one of these experiences that he begins to work it out over time. And I begin, we begin to see what those barriers really are. And what is it? It's a lack of us being able to show God's love to other people. What's in the way? Is it selfishness? Is it pride? Is it other things that we put up there and say, this is why I cannot do X, Y, or Z? Those are the barriers. And sometimes even in the most intimate relationships, we still withhold love. We do it to punish. We do it to uh, get them to, I don't know, you know, it, just another scenario in my life, you know, where a um, family member decided to shut themselves down from me. And, you know, it, 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 it comes at us in such a way that we don't realize it. You know, it affects us in the very depths of our heart. And that's where God wants to reach us. Wants, wants to reach each one of us with this message and realizing, wait a minute, yes, you're having that experience in your life. Yes, it's not very good. It's painful. But I want you to first rest in me. Trust in me that I am at work in that very given situation simply for one reason, because you gave it to me. You gave me your life. Church, remember, if we're in Christ, we gave him our lives. He is deeply vested in every aspect of your life, every single one of them. Amen? He's in your marriage. He's in your finances. He's in your relationships. He's in your job. He's everywhere that you let him be. Have no barrier in your life. Let love not be closed off. See, that's, that's the part of this fam familiar relationship that I have is they're closing themselves off from my love. They may not understand what I did in the past. They may not understand why I said what I did, and I may have made mistakes. But if we shut ourselves off from that connected relationship, then there's no, 
ability to heal. There's no ability to see. There's no ability to uh, even begin to speak about the situation. And that's what God is wanting from us. Don't, don't wall yourself off. That's that hardening of your heart. You know, don't come up with that pre, prejudged uh, idea that this is why or that's why and, and that's why I'm not going to obey. <laughs> I've, I've been there. I've done that. And it's painful because the, the longer that wall stays up, the harder it is for it to come down. And then many times, God has got to step in and take care of that somehow. And sometimes that's that, that loving discipline that God brings into our life. But there's also another verse in the scripture that really helps us understand God's provision and our trust in him. And it's where God says that the earth is the Lord's and all it contains. He owns everything. So if he owns everything, your lack is simply a condition of your heart. Let me repeat that. Your lack and you can apply this to any area of your, of your life, is specifically a condition of your heart. God needs to touch it. He needs to release you from it. He needs to touch you with his love, with his purpose. He needs to touch you with his spirit to let you know that this has already been taken care of on the cross. This has already been dealt with. This is that ice cream in the refrigerator that you don't know about yet. This is the thing that he wants you to go in and get and begin to experience. But because of whatever lie the enemy has told you, you haven't accessed this yet. And he's wanting to break down these barriers, these walls that are in your heart to be able to let you trust. Whether it's a critical heart, whether it's a selfish heart, whether it's a grieving heart. For in one of these verses, I didn't put it up, but it says that don't be grieved in your heart when God asks you to give. Van went over it the other week, last week, right? $5 story. I love that story. You're not compulsed to give. You're not under obligation. The only obligation that you begin to have in your heart is when you see God's provision over you. His love for you is, is, is uh, received, and it is uh, confirmed. That is your own vow to God based on the instruction of his word. That's the obligation. And it's a, it's a, it's a revelation obligation. It's not some type of, uh, uh, how can I say it, compliance. It's not where God is saying, are you compliant? Do you, do you measure up to a, a checklist? No, God is saying the checklist was the law. And it's gone. It's been, not gone, but it has been fulfilled. So now Jesus comes and he says, it's not about the checklist. I took care of the checklist. Now, do you, does, do you want to be like the checklist? Is that, does those checklist operations in your heart, are they there? Is it something you desired? When, when you see me and you see my personhood and you see who I am, my character, do you want to be like me? And if the answer is yes, and God is saying we can make that happen through my Holy Spirit. Amen? Next, okay, next slide. Developing a grateful heart. That's how we get there. 
And God does the developing. I want, I want to get this clear. I want you to understand this, okay? It's not where you're, we're instructing you, okay, this is what you've got to do to have a grateful heart. No. Developing a grateful heart is spending time with God and understanding who he is and having his love poured out on you and you experiencing it and having these magical moments in your life where you're like, whoa, whoa, God, I didn't know you could do that. Because that's where our, our love begins to give it, be given back to him, right? So it says, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this thing today. He was calling them to give in Deuteronomy 15. Next slide. It says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage, again, to fear. Again, go back to your finances. Are you fearing anywhere? Is there lack? Is there, are, are there things that you're wishing for? Go deeper. Are there relationships that, uh, that need healing? Is there stuff in your own heart that you're, you're, you're still bowing down to that are idols in your life? And you're scared that you may never get out of them. Begin to encompass everything in these verses. But you receive the spirit of adoption through the cross, by whom we cry out, Abba. Abba simply means daddy. He's not just God. He's just not the man upstairs. He becomes personal. And it becomes real. And you begin to cry out, thank you, Daddy. Thank you for supplying all of my needs. That's where a heart, a heart of gratitude begins. Next slide. Because we begin to realize that he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. In the presence of your struggle right now, God is preparing a table for you, a bounty that he wants you to chin up, grab the napkin, tuck it in, and get ready for a feast. Because God's provision is there for you. You just, maybe you got to open your eyes. You got to wake up to the fact, wait a minute, I've been believing the lies of the enemy way too long, and it's time for them to stop. I got to believe in God's provision. I got to. Because it's there, because it's real. And it's powerful. It's for setting uh, the captive free. It's for breaking the chains of bondage. That's what these things are for. His word is there to being supplied to us. The testimony of the people around you are there to show you that it's real. And again, that's about love. We begin to go there and trust and, and okay, I'll tackle this new thing, God, because now I, I, want, I want your presence to be seen, your goodness, your deeds to be known among the people of God. I want you to see, I want others to see God in me. I don't no longer want, to, want other people to see uh, failure. I don't want them to see fear. I don't want them, because we hide, we isolate, we, we pull ourselves away until we you know, God can begin to make us strong, right? And then we're like, I'm strong. Yay, everybody, I'm out here. I'm, I'm doing great, right? Amen. But oftentimes, we're, we're still in that part of our heart where we're protecting everything and we're guarding everything, right? And any movement that God wants us to move forward, it's scary. And we're like, uh, God, are you really going to, is there really going to be ground beneath my feet when I step? How many saw, uh, uh, what was it, Raiders of the Lost Ark? Is that the one? 
where he's up against the edge, and he's, he's like, okay, go across the chasm. And he's like, where? <laughs> and then it's like, okay, remember, he was like, okay, just step. And he's like, okay. And he went down, and all of a sudden, the, the, I don't know, it was just like a trick of the camera. You could see the, the thing. And then he grabbed the sand and threw it out there, and, it, and then you could see the, the bridge going across. Church, many times, that's us, Right? We're just like, okay, God, here we go. I'm stepping out in faith. Because Pastor Morris said it really clear. He said, yeah, there, there's a string between our wallet and our heart. And every time we go like this, it's like we begin to pull, and it's like, ah, ah. but you know what Jesus uh, and, and this was, uh, you know, our last church, our pastor said that um, if you want to know just a little bit of what it meant for, for God to give his own son, open up your wallet and give. But the beauty is, is that it's already been provided. Anytime God asks us to give, it's with the understanding that you're expected to have it. And if you don't have it, then we just go back to the heart issue. Next slide. So developing a generous heart. This is our last point. Next slide. Okay. You shall supply him liberally from your flock, from your threshing floor, and from your wine press, and from what the Lord your God has blessed you with. You shall give to him. See, church, it's there. God is saying it's already there. Just like the word of salvation. Romans chapter, chapter uh, 10, right? 9 and 10. It's there, the word. It's in your mouth, the word of salvation that we preach. That if you believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus Christ from the dead, you shall be saved. It's there. It's in your wallet. You might be going, Chris, you're crazy. There ain't nothing in my wallet. I got cobwebs in my wallet. But I'm trying to show you. It, faith is saying it's there. God is saying it's there. You got to ask yourself, why ain't there? Why is it not there, Lord? And he will answer you. Talk with him. Get alone with God. If you're having struggles in this area of, of your life, if your family's having issues in this area of, of your life, God has the solution for you. It's not just a better job or a higher paying job. It may not just be a job. Maybe something else. We don't know. But God knows. And he wants to connect with each one of us so he can supply all our needs in Christ Jesus so that we become a blessing to others. That's the goal. God wants to spread his grace among the people of God. And the only way that we can do that is if we tangibly give. And that giving is going to be more than just George Washington's or Benjamin's. We all want Benjamin's, right? Not the George's. But it's, it's more than that, right? We give our time. We give our effort. We give our talents. We give our... Uh, uh, 
our, not just our resources money-wise, but it, it could be tangibly things that we have sitting around our house that we have no use for. And it actually takes us effort to have to dust them off all the time and check on them and make sure they work. But maybe they're useful for somebody else. Offer them to God. Say, God, I, don't, I got this stuff. I don't even need it anymore. Lord, is there somebody out there that needs it? Trust me. You throw that, those kind of prayers out there, God will hook you up with somebody. Next thing you know, you'll be in a conversation, and they'll be like, hey, uh, you know anybody that's got uh, this, this, or this? Oh, yeah. Stop by my house after work, and I'll, you can have one. Because that's how God is. He provides. Next slide. For restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me by your generous spirit. See, church, it's about our connection. It's about our response to our salvation in Christ. When we're asked to give something, it's for a purpose. And it first needs to be birthed in the relationship that we have with God and our response, that Abba Father. Because if that relationship is not real and it has not been established, then giving is always going to be grieving because we're not going to have the capacity to give. We're not even going to be able to understand giving because we have not been given to yet. We haven't received God's offer of salvation. It starts there. And then it's a journey after that. It's day by day, walk by walk, step by step, we get there. Next slide. For then the people rejoice. This is out of uh, 1 Chronicles 29 where uh, David was beginning to, uh, uh, his offering basically, where he was preparing for the temple and all the things that were needed to in, in order to uh, uh, operate the temple, you know. It was everything short of the, uh, the, the mass slaughter of animals, but it was before that. It's all the instrumentation, uh, the instruments of uh, the temple, all the gold and the precious stones and all that. So David is saying then the people rejoice because the people gave. They gave because they're like, this temple is going to be, it's going to be awesome, right? And they, the people rejoice for they had offered willingly because with a loyal heart they had offered willingly to the Lord. And King David also rejoiced greatly. When it comes to giving, God wants us to have a joyful heart, a willing heart, and a loyal heart. Next slide. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from you and your own we have given and from your yeah, and of your own, we have given to you. Again, the, the, the promise that God's provision is already going to be there when you decide to give. When you begin to trust. Last slide. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. This is really, church, what giving is all about. It's about the person sitting next to you. Because when we give, they begin to see a glimpse of the kingdom of heaven. If we truly give, and it, like I said, it doesn't matter what the giving is. 
They begin to see Christ in us, and they begin to see God. That's what we want people to see. I don't want people to see me. I want them to be blown away. I want that to be like what Van was saying, that magical moment when, wow, God, you did it again. Because what does that do? It builds up the temple in our, in our heart with the right precious stones of a right response, and all the glory goes to God. Amen? All the power goes to him. All the glory goes to him. All the joy that we receive is because of what he has done for us. It's not about what we do for him. What we do for him is in response to what he has done for us. So church, experience God. Dive in. Allow yourselves to be enthralled by his love and understand who he is through the experience of the relationship that you have with him. And trust me, all these things will line up. They'll fall into place. And every barrier that you run into is going to be a barrier that is, going to, is simply keeping you from understanding his love and his power and his grace. That's really what it is. He's not condemning you. He's not judging you. He's not uh, scolding you. So even when you feel scolded, even when you feel like, okay, God, you're really on me about this, it's because on the other side of that is blessing. On the other side of that is obedience that shows other people God is real. Because when we choose selfishness and pride and all this other fear, we're just proving to the world that God isn't real. And if we're believers, why would we even want that? That's the lie of the enemy. That's the trickery. That's where Paul said, we are not unaware of his devices. That's what the enemy wants. He wants, you know, smoke and mirrors and all these, don't worry about that and think about this over here. And, and we're just like, we're going all over the place, Right? Because what does it say? Where there is confusion, that's where the enemy is. The enemy comes in and sows confusion, but God wants, no, he's saying, wash that away. I want this to be crystal clear. Giving comes from me. Giving comes from me. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I created the universe. I own the earth beneath your feet. Do I need these things? No. They're for your benefit so that you can learn about me. So that you can know why I'm such an extravagant giver. Why I give and ask for nothing in return. Because what we give back to God has to be born naturally out of the Spirit, out of the, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's, that's where it's born and it's real and it will never be defeated. That's the love that never fails. Everything else, is going to, it's going to struggle to live. But this type of love is what's going to remain in our hearts. And when that love is there, we give freely. We give extravagantly. We give without grieving. We give without even judging. We give. Amen? Amen. So I don't know. Is there another slide? I don't know. If there is, it's bonus round. Okay. <laughs> See, God supplies in abundance, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Father God, we just thank you for the amazing time that you've given to each one of us. We thank you for your provision, Lord. Lord, I just pray that the hearts of the people have been emboldened, Lord God, to trust in you, to look at their situation and their current circumstances with power and love and joy and peace, knowing that you will supply all of their needs. Yes, 
in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.